Welcome to the True and Well podcast. We're your hosts, Chandra Riley and Nikki Kilburn. We hold conversations with people from marginalized communities that will inspire you to connect with their purpose. In this conversation, we're talking about life after stroke with myself and burlesque performer and disability activist, Anna Smith-Higgs. Today, I am joined with my co-host, Chandra Riley. Hello, Chandra. Hello. And we are here with Anna Smith-Higgs. Hi, Anna. Hi. Chandra is a stroke survivor, and she had two major strokes, age 38, two weeks after giving birth. And Anna had a major stroke, age 24, after giving birth on Christmas Day in 2004. She writes a blog, Just Another Stroke, to talk about things others won't. And she's a burlesque dancer at Proud Cabaret. Anna, would you like to open the conversation by sharing with us what transformation you have seen in yourself since having your stroke? When I very first had the stroke, I was a very, very frightened little girl, um, too scared to leave my bedroom just in case I'd have another stroke. So I was very, very, very frightened. Um, dressed in very plain clothes to try and hide myself. I'd always try and hide the fact that my arm didn't work. Um, I'd hide, hide the fact that I walked with a limp and that I had walking aids. I hated my walking stick. I used to have a leg brace as well, which is another thing which I absolutely hated. I hated being disabled. I hated, I hated everything about myself. Um, uh, yeah, I, I hated myself just after the stroke because I couldn't understand why it had happened to me and why my body had gone through such dramatic changes overnight. Um, mm. It was a very, very, very frightening time. But now, 17 years later, performing at Proud, I love myself. I love my body. I love I'm, I'm plus size that I, I love it I am and I'm not afraid to say that my arm doesn't work and look at it look at it I mean it's smothered in tattoos because um it doesn't do anything but at least it can look um it can look pretty um I, I, when I walk with my stick I'm not embarrassed anymore I'm not ashamed of the person that I that I am I, I love I love the person that I am now um, and that's all thanks to the stroke, because without the stroke, I wouldn't have the appreciation for life and my body that I do now. How does that relate to your experience, Chandra? When I had my stroke, I was just in such shock. And then I think perhaps maybe because I was just that wee little bit older than you were when you had your stroke, Anna, I was like, I'm not going to let this get me down, but I would refuse to use my walking aids. I would walk anyway without it and fall a lot. And it put me in a place of stillness so that I had to really examine who I was in, in relation to everyone else in my life. And I think it made me a more empathetic person. Yo, definitely, definitely agree with you there. You shook your head when I spoke about uh, falling and not using your sticks. Do we share that experience? Yeah, yes, we do. We do massively, yeah. Because it's an embarrassing thing. I mean, I was only 24 and 
all of my friends are out partying and doing fun runs and doing all kinds of stuff and I just couldn't do what they could do now that doesn't bother me I, I wrote a big post about it the other day that I embrace what I can do rather than focus on what I can't do you guys are talking about the empowering ownership of what you've been through and what you've overcome and embracing where you are now what does it mean to be a stroke survivor what things really matter to you family and friends and having fun and living living my best life matter to me nothing else nothing else really matters you know the washing machines broke so what a lot of people moan about their washing machines breaking and it's the end of the world but it's not it's just a little tiny tiny pinprick in life that will be will get better we've faced death and and we won um I think that that's the greatest achievement there. We fought it and, and we and we won and we strive every single day to be better. Mm. Sorry, Doris is barking. The fact that we continue to live means that we need to continue to live. And that's in all caps. Yes. In all ways that make us feel powerful and good about being alive. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I couldn't have put that better myself. No, I thoroughly agree with you there. Perspective sounds like it's something that's really important and it's given you that elevated sense of being able to really take a step back and notice the value mm. of what you have rather than focusing on what we can do all the time, which is get caught up in these small irritations and you've got a reality that is more difficult. It, it is. I mean, even going down to putting my bra on whether my arm doesn't work at all I have to find different ways to do everything makeup putting my hair up with only with only one hand I mean yeah and it's really really tricky but we do find ways to overcome it, it may take us 10 minutes longer than it would um somebody who, who has the use of both arms but we still get it done we still do it and we do it without moaning as well. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas most people would, would be moaning about it, but we just get, get on with it and figure it out our own our own way. Well, you know, I love, I saw that video that you did of how to put on a bra uh, with one hand. And I was like, that's how I do it. <laughs> so it really made me feel like I wasn't alone. I thought that is exactly how you put a bra on with one hand. Somebody else knows that. Yeah, and, and for my act, I have to undo my bra. Well, I can't undo the clasps of a bra very, very easy and certainly not as quick as I need to. So my mum and my dressmaker sewed in a, a clasp and I just press it now and the bra pings off. And we were showing the other performers last night because they were saying, how do you do it? How do you take your bra off with one hand? And I'm like, ah, oh, I've got a little trick for you. And um, we just press it and now they now they all want them in their bras because it's because it's a lot easier. <laughs> Hi, it's Nikki. If you're enjoying this podcast and don't want to miss a conversation, please subscribe. Thanks for listening. Hearing from both of you, this process of learning how to think differently, that's become a way of life for you, that actually you have to live your life where you are aligned and connected to what's possible rather than where the barriers are or the difficulties 
because we can all get stressed when we can't get the bra off, you know, when we can't pull the trousers up because we're in a rush and you have to take your time, don't you? You have to slow down. And I think that is what it's like for stroke survivors. It's a slow, slow, slow process. But once you accept, you can then live a happy, full life. But you need to accept it before things get better for you. But life is at a slower pace for a stroke survivor. It just is. When you have a baby and they're developing and... yeah. You know, you need to, they keep you young. They're their own physiotherapy system. It was really difficult because I wanted, because my stroke was a month after giving birth and I then spent six months in hospital and I really, really wanted to be a mum to my son. I couldn't hold him and give him his bottle. I just couldn't do it. So we had to find other ways for me to be a mum to my son. And eventually I learned to change his bum with my left hand and my left foot. And it got to the point where he was turning at stages where the nappy would go under him and he was turning and rolling that nobody else could change him mm -hmm. because he'd got so used to how I did it with him. And then it was just me changing his bum all the time. And um, that was probably a real proud moment for me because I could actually be a mum to him. I am the exact same and my son was the same. He lifted his bum and pushed himself up in a way that helped me to change his nappy. It was really dynamic. And you really bond with your child through those moments. Yes. When we started working together as a team and he was so tiny, I was overjoyed. Yeah, me too. Have you found that your that your um, son is more empathetic, empathetic to others? Have you found that they're... That they're not a nicer child, but they're they're more that they embrace things more and, and they accept they're kinder. Yes, I was gonna say gentler, yes. Yes, and they're very caring as well. Yeah, my 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 boy's like that. He's he's a lovely little boy. He's not little anymore. He's seven, he'd be eighteen in November. So he's not um not little anymore. He's a, he's a yeah, he's a giant. <laughs> my son's eleven now. He is a very gentle and sensitive soul and he's quite tuned in. I love what you're describing around the achievement and connection with your children and then connecting with where you are and you both on that journey supporting that growth because they've been born into the world with that new and frightening experience when as a baby you need everything done for you and you both have been through this experience that has been life-changing for you and having to adjust and recover and come to terms with a new world. It seems like you've done that together with your child, like a rebirth, mm -hmm. I'm hearing. Yeah, that that's what, um, in one of the stroke groups that I'm in, when you, on the day that you had your stroke, they call it a rebirth day. Do they? Yeah, that's on one of the stroke pages that I'm on and, they, and everybody celebrates their rebirth day. Yes, it definitely feels like a rebirth for me. And I'm, I'm really pleased that my son didn't know me before when I had both arms working. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really pleased and grateful that he didn't have the chance to know me before and know how I, how I lived my life, how I conducted myself and um, 
having the both arms working I'm, I'm pleased that he that he met me when he did if that makes any sense uh when I was when I had I was about to say when I was born when I was reborn um <laughs> I used to think uh this is my opportunity to teach my son how to live life to the full no matter what you know it was him seeing me in that way, um, in that way, post-stroke was an opportunity for me to show him that you can live no matter what. Yeah. If you are feeling true and woke and you want more wonderful content, please visit our socials and our website. The details are in the show notes. Thanks for listening. We have three questions, Anna, that we ask all of our guests and would like to ask you. What does woke mean to you? I'm ashamed to say that I I knew loosely what it meant, but I didn't know fully what the word meant. So I researched it and I was really amazed to find what what I learned what the word it's an awakening isn't it of of people being mean and nasty and racist and not acceptance of others it can be referred to disability as well because it's it's people's objectives to to things that they don't understand really well said there it fits nicely with the conversation we've had today around acceptance, understanding and not judging. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, thinking before you respond. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And what does a meaningful connection feel like for you? True love. Love's a meaningful connection. Um, the ability to love somebody unconditionally and have them love you unconditionally that's what a connection is to me and that can be with your friends your pets your family your partner it could be with anything but that's what a true connection means to me nice we feel warmth through love don't we and what is the best thing about being human oh that's a tricky one the best thing about being human is I think the ability to love again, loving somebody unconditionally is is a is an amazing thing to be able able to do. You forgive you, they understand you, you understand them. Um, yeah, I, I think love. It's all about the love. It is. It, it is. Well, that's really good timing. The dog starts barking to mark the end of our conversation. So I guess at this point, we will thank you, Anna, for being with us Thank you for inviting me. I'm so glad to finally meet you. I think I had had a couple of drinks one night and I saw you and I was like, I adore you. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm really, really pleased to have you here today. It was lovely to hear your your experiences as well and what you'd been through. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, you've really encouraged me and inspired me to be more vocal about my experience. 
So thank you. Definitely, you should share it to ev everybody that wants to listen, even those that don't want to listen. You need to be sharing your story. Thanks, Anna. You are an inspiring spirit and an absolute joy. It's been a wonderful, amazing experience to speak with you and Chandra today. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from us, you can follow us on Instagram, at Ruined Woke, or on our Facebook page, Ruined Woke. Links to resources mentioned in this episode are available in the show notes. Special thanks to AJIT and Matt Elliott Music. True and Woke is a community interest company based in Scotland. This episode is funded by the National Lottery Awards for All. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll join us again soon. Mm-hmm.